You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Locked On Seminoles. I'm your host, Max, and right next to me, I've got Dave. Buddy, how are you? Doing good, Max. Football is so close, I can taste it. I can taste it too, man. I can taste it too. We are now, as y'all listen to this on Tuesday, on the fourth day of Florida State fall camp. Oh man, dude, it feels like we were never going to get here. But folks, we are excited to be here. I hope y'all are all excited because we have a great week coming up for you. We are talking about the key performance indicators we need to see at various points and from various units during the season to say, hey, Florida State's on the right track. Important qualification. These aren't our goals. This isn't saying, oh, if we do this, that's good enough and we're totally satisfied. This also isn't saying, oh, We don't think we can do these things. This is like right in the middle of that. This is the, if we see these things, we're headed in the right direction, leaving 2021, headed into 2022, or as we're going to talk about tomorrow, if we see these things in Notre Dame, we're feeling like we're headed in the right direction going into leg two of the season and so on and so forth. Again, phenomenal week for you, but an even better show today because we will be talking defense. I'm Max. That's Dave. We love Florida State. We are both alumni. Him twice, me only once. We love the Knowles. We love talking. So every single day, we talk about the Florida State Seminoles. If you haven't yet, if you just came to us by happenstance, go hit that follow button on your podcast app so our episodes kick to the top of the queue every single day. And go ahead and give us a five star review if you're a returning listener. Let us know what you love about us. Throw us a question, throw us a comment. We'd be happy to hear it, happy to answer it, and do all that good stuff. Dave, I think that is enough of the people's time I have spent. Let's get right into the defense. We are talking key performance indicators for the defense as a whole. We each get one as we did last time. What is the number one thing when you look back at this season that you're going to want to see from the defense as a whole to say, hey, I feel good headed into 2022? There was just so much wrong with that defense last year. There's so much to pick from. But the one that jumps out to me, opposing quarterbacks completed more than 66% passes on Florida State. And that's not specific to any position group. We did not play Trevor Lawrence or Kyle Trask last year. Two of the best quarterbacks in the nation that would maybe make that stat make sense. The best quarterback we played was Sam Howell. And he had one of his worst statistical games against us. Dude, I, I used to joke about it last season. We were like, starting every quarterback we played Heisman campaign. If you complete two thirds of your passes on the season, you're on the Davey O'Brien watch list. And every quarterback on average did that against us. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Also uh, folks, I am on the road right now at the parents place. You know, the deal CS to key Florida. I've got Charlotte here. Charlotte, can you say hi to the people? Say hi. That's close enough. Yeah. She gets shy when the microphone's on. Thank you. Is this for me to take notes on? Okay, go get me some crayons. I love you. Sorry about that, folks. I'm on the road. I am in the mobile command center, Siesta Key, Florida. My beautiful daughter is here. And well, she likes to be a part of the show sometimes. So if you hear her popping in and out, well, 
Football and family are very intermingled. I'm a family guy. I'm a football guy. But if y'all know me, you know that I love to marry the two things together. In fact, four days after she was born, I attended the Alabama game. And now, four years later, she will be going to the Notre Dame game for her first football game at Bobby Bowden Field. And I'm very excited. So I think for defense as a whole, what I want to see is I want to see at least two guys with 50 tackles or more. Last year, our leading tackler was Amari Gaynor with 36. Compare that to two years ago. What did Hamza have? 85 or so tackles from one guy? Yeah, I mean, we, we played less games, but but yeah, I mean, again, if you're completing 66% of your passes, I mean, they're related. Like that means you're not bringing guys down. So yeah, that's, I think I want to see more than two, but I, I'd, I'd settle for two. Right. Again, these are indicators that, okay, we're headed in the right direction. You know what? No, I'm going to be a little more bold. We can't because we said it's not the bare minimum either. I want to see two underclassmen with at least 50 tackles. I want to know that next year we are returning two 50 tackle tacklers. I think that would make me feel good going because, again, this is for this today. Notre Dame, we're going to talk about the rest of the season. We're talking about feeling good into 22. So it's got to be something, you know, that builds into the next year. If a guy that's leaving goes out there and has 55 tackles, that's great. But that does nothing for me headed into next year. So I need two underclassmen to get me at least 50 tackles. Dave, what position group would you like to start with? Could be any of them, Max, but let's start with the defensive line. Max, guess how many teams in the country had less sacks per game than Florida State last year? Give me a number. Buddy, do I want to know? You do, do our listeners want to know? Should they cover their kids' ears before this segment? They should. Oh, gosh. How many, how many teams had less sacks per game than the Florida State Seminoles last year? Five. I know the answer, but just tell the people, how many teams are in the FBS? Last year, only 127 qualified for this. And we were 122nd. One sack per game. And that's a moment of silence, if you're wondering at home, because... Yikes. That's an RIP to the that's, long that's... proud history of sacks at Florida State. So then let's 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 flip it for them. What do you want to see headed into at the end of the season when you look back at this defensive line? What is going to make you say, OK, we improved and I feel good about heading into the next season? I, I mean, first of all, we should be having no less than two sacks per game. I want to see somebody on the team step up along the defensive line and be that guy that opposing teams have to game plan for and double team so that it's opening up our other D linemen. So I don't know if I have to put a number on it, I'd love to see somebody with more than eight sacks next year. I suspect Jermaine Johnson's an easy pick for that, but I got to see somebody step up and be the leader of this line as somebody the other teams have to worry about. Yeah, no, I, I think that that is a great point. I mean, you know, if it's Jermaine Johnson, again, he's head to the league, but I think it's okay to have a few of these say it was a successful year because that looks good as a unit. I Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm going to assume that's total team sacks because even if a linebacker or a safety gets the sack, the defensive line was causing that hole to open to some degree. For me, what I'm going to want to see is I would like us to be in the top third. I'm going to use that metric several times because, look, if we, our goal as a team should be to win the ACC in the next two to three years. If we can get the top third of teams in areas that really matter now, I think we're on track to do that. So I would like to see us finish the year in the top third of total sacks and TFLs. So behind the line stops, I want to see us in the top third in the country. If, if we're in the top third in the country, 
Drake will never be allowed to say a word about Adam Fuller ever again. No, no, he won't. But that's that's going to be my KPI. And I think that's realistic, though. I think from what we're hearing, and again, kind of like you said last week during our Friday episode, we can only hold their hands via our expectations for so long. We're Florida State. Grow up. Be in the top 50 in the country in a lot of these categories because there was a time where not being in the top 10 in every category would have been considered unacceptable. So, yeah, I think it's okay to put a few what may seem percentage-wise lofty goals and just say your Florida State toughen up. Speaking of toughen up, the guys in Vegas have been toughening up their lines a little bit. And I think I've got a really interesting one for you today, Dave, for the betonline.ag line of the day. These are two teams that have been very good at one point, one way more recently than the other, but both have a name that carries weight. Both of them have backslid a little, one significantly more in a shorter period than the other, and another one has been more sustained, but they seem like they're starting to build back, and I really like this opening week game. I'm going to be glued to the TV with the boys for it, but I like this line a lot too. LSU and UCLA face off in week one. A really interesting matchup when you think about it. The line is at minus three and a half for LSU. Dave, what are you going to give the people on this one? LSU minus three and a half, UCLA plus three and a half. UCLA, the Pac-12 had a, a really shortened season last year, but they've actually been improving a bit. LSU, Joe Burrow year, and then fell off a cliff. I mean, where... Should the people put their money in this betonline.ag line of the day? Yeah, so they were actually similar statistically last year. Here's where my homerism of college football is going to shine. I will never, ever pick a Pac-12 team to beat a, a recent powerhouse SEC team. I don't care if I can't name you a player on LSU. I'm picking LSU in that game by whatever more than the spread was. Okay, three and a half. Hey, I think that's a fair way to go. And dude, sometimes in betting, you got to throw that out. For example, if this were basketball, I know the Pac-12 is not great at basketball anymore. I'm picking UCLA over LSU in basketball every time. I don't care if LSU just won a national championship. UCLA, in my mind, is a basketball school far more than LSU is. So I see where you're coming from there. Folks, there you have it. David Weiss is telling you 8.30 p.m. LSU minus three and a half against UCLA. You can place that bet by going to bet online. .ag, making an account using promo code locked on, that's going to give you a 50% welcome bonus. So go hit that right now. Place the bet. When you win money, send David a little thank you card or thank you, uh, thank you five bucks, whatever does it for you. All right, Dave. So now let's go just one step back. Unfortunately, we have to do this, but it's talking about what will tell us there's improvement. So maybe we can be a little excited. The linebackers. Let's generate some KPIs. What do you need to see from the linebackers heading at the end of the season to say, one, that season was a moderate success. And two, I feel better about where we're headed for 2022. I think more so than the on offense, it's really hard to isolate like the linebacker unit in particular and say they need to do X statistically because all these defensive parts are related. Like, I want to see us allow less than 200 yards rushing on average. You can't put that all on the linebackers, though. That's on the defensive line, too. Linebackers have a lot to do with it. I want to see a lot less than 200 yards a game rushing allowed. Other than that, I mean, I just want to see 
you know when you play men and you run quick slants every play and it's always yep. complete? I, I want to see us not doing that where the linebackers are just nowhere near the ball almost all the time. Yeah, no, and I think it's totally fine to have something qualitative like that. You were on a roll, didn't want to interrupt, but I was going to say it can be you don't want to feel like the middle of the field is 7-11 and it's always open. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, I agree with you. It, again, it's hard to quantify. So I think, like I said, I'm going to get qualitative with mine as well. I want to see better pass defense from the younger guys. I also will say I want to see two interceptions from the linebackers. I want at least twice in 12 games, someone to think the middle of the field is going to be open and a linebacker to prove them wrong. Now, if they don't hit that, I'm not, my heart's not going to be broken. But just twice this year, I want the excitement of a guy with a number between like 20 and 60 grabbing a ball out of the air and going, yes, he didn't give up a 70 yard touchdown. And in fact, we have the ball now. I will settle for another Nigel Bradham, Miami kind of headless horseman decapitation situation. Yeah, I don't know if you're allowed to do that anymore, although that was an absolutely bogus call at the time. I mean, he put his shoulder into the chest. There was no helmet to helmet. He didn't lead with his head. And in fact, I think today that's still a legal hit, although they may say it's it's just a, just a little too mean spirited. But hey, that's uh, that's football these days. So let me ask you this, Dave. Do you want to do the secondary as a whole or do you want to split it cornerbacks and safeties i i think that's hard with this defense but i almost feel like we have to because they are they do serve such different functions i i don't know i'm open to whichever you want why don't you just you give me your goal however you want to frame it for those two units as one as two you pick and then i'll do mine how i how i want to frame it yeah so i mean this kind of is in line with everything else I've said. Again, it's hard to separate, but I don't want to be ranked 99th in pass yards allowed per game at 260. That is absurd. That is way too much space allowed. You often saw last year, I think Drake pointed it out pretty commonly, where you'd see like our secondary, like 15 yards off a receiver, and it just made no sense. I, I, I just want to see competency where like our secondary is near receivers and not allowing completions every time the quarterback drops back yeah i'm with you man i think this one again has to be far more we'll know it when we see it i need to feel like we're seeing development and we can trust these kids head into next year i also i don't subscribe to the school of thought don't blame you for doing it i don't care if they're 10 15 yards off i assume that they're being coached to do something and they're just failing to execute. Maybe it's the coach's fault. I don't know, but that, that doesn't keep me up at night as much. I do agree with you about those abhorrent passing per game stats. I think you can pin that on the secondary. And in fact, I would like to, and I'm going to just say in line with your goal, I got to see these guys in the top 50% in yards passing allowed in the country or top 50, sorry, top 50 teams, top 33% of yards passing per game allowed. Secondly, what I really want to see from this secondary is I need to see at least five interceptions. So that puts us for my goals. I want to see at least seven picks on the year. I don't think seven picks that by the way is one more than a pick per every other game. I think that's a very realistic number to ask for with the talent we have back there. And then qualitatively, I want to feel like there is cohesiveness when they are handing off receivers in a zone defense. That's 
going to be damn near impossible to quantify, but I'm so tired of watching a cornerback either stay too long and not hand it off to the safety and someone come under him for a 10-yard gain or them let go of him. The safety have no idea he's letting go of the receiver and then the guy gets hit on a seam route for 45 yards, maybe even a touchdown. That's going to have to be stopped if I'm going to feel good about the team going into next year. And before we go into coaches, if you're saying, hey, I have indicators for my car and there are little lights and a bunch of them are on, well, you might want to do something about that. And fortunately, I've got your back when it comes to car repair. All you got to do is the same thing I've been telling you to do for like, I don't know, five, six months now. Um, go to rockauto.com. They've got great prices, great selection. Y'all know the deal. Y'all know what it is. I tell you all the time, go to YouTube, figure out how to do it, figure out what you need, go to Rock Auto, and they'll sell it to you for a reasonable price. They'll get it to you quickly, and you'll be really happy you did it. Again, tell them Lockdown sent you. David, here's a tough one, buddy. We got to talk coaches. I know this is going to be hard for you with, with the defensive coaches. It can't just be fire Adam Fuller. I need some, I, I need to know what you want to see from the defense as a whole that you will say, okay, I think our coaching's in a good spot headed into next year. And I think that this year was a success from a coaching perspective. I mean, it'd be really easy to say, I don't want our defense to look like a damn turnstile again, but I think more than that. And like I said, the reason I find it hard to separate defense is because it's all related. And that's what I want to see. I want to see the defense working in tandem where the defensive line is getting pressure. The linebackers aren't allowing the middle of the field to be wide open. And as a result, we're getting coverage sacks, or we're just getting to the quarterback. And if not, we're seeing errant throws and that's leading in interceptions. Like you wanted to see it. I, I just want to see it looking like 11 people who are all having the same goal in mind and not just playing me, me, me football. And I think the coaching staff has a lot to do with that in terms of making sure that happens after fall camp. I, I think that is such a great thing to put on the coaches. I really do. And mine is very similar. I want to see offenses get frustrated. I want it to be as evident as it was in the Louisville game last year that Tutu Atwell had busted our scheme and ran for 85 yards for a touchdown or whatever it was. I want to see a trick play tried. Or, you know, not even a full trick, just something that's trying to take advantage of what they view to be a mismatch. And you can visibly tell the offense did not think we were going to stop it when we drop them for a two yard loss or they only get five yards. And that will make me say, look, our coaches are actually doing game film study. They're actually communicating the scheme to the defense. They're teaching the defense how to read the play as it's occurring on the field. And we're now sniffing things out and we're stopping people. Secondly, and this is a hard goal in that vein. I want one time to see an opposing quarterback look at their sideline with both arms in the air, a la Florida State 2018, going, what the heck just happened? Like, coach, you know, I want to see someone that frustrated that they start arguing with their own coach. And finally, I think that we need to lock down Travis Hunter to make me feel good going into next year. And I think a realistic goal is we need to lock down at least one top 400 prospect at the linebacker position. Yeah, again. It's been so long since our linebackers have been great. And I don't know, I'm not going to say we don't have them on the roster right now. We still have young guys to develop, but yeah, I think you're right. We still, we still have a long ways to go before I feel good about our linebacker position. So yeah, recruiting pretty important coaches stay on it. 
Yeah. And look, I think those are all, we've got a lot of great goals for the people here. We've got a lot of good, or as we're saying, indicators. We want to see the defense. I said two underclassmen with at least 50 tackles. You want to see two sacks per game. You want to see one person with more than eight sacks. I think that's a, that's a pretty lofty goal. But if that happens, yeah, I'm going to say, hey, we improved. I want to see us in the top third in the country in total TFLs and sacks combined. You want to feel like the middle of the field's not 7-11 with the linebackers. I want to see them at least get one, ideally two picks. And uh, yeah, we just don't want to give up a million passing yards a game. We want better handoffs between the quarterback, cornerbacks and safeties. And we want the, the coaches to lock in a great recruiting class. I think those are all great goals. I think those are all indicators that we'd be headed into the right direction. Folks, let us know what you think about these. Let us know what you want to see to feel good about the defense going into next year. And let us know if you think any of these aren't good enough or too lofty or anything like that. And make sure you come by tomorrow because we'll be doing this for just the Notre Dame game. So we're going to get a lot more specific. We're going to talk about what we need to see in that game to make us feel like we are headed in the right direction for the other 11 games of the season. We've already predicted outcomes. We've talked about what it means for recruiting all that. Now we're going to get down into the nuts and bolts, the meat and potatoes of that game. I'm excited to do it. I'm excited to have all y'all here for it. And more importantly, I'm just excited for the season. So that's it. I'm Max. That was Dave. Football season is like 23 days away. And this was Locked on Seminoles. Oh, no. Dude, I'm so pumped this season. I mean, I want us to be good, but I'm...